Okay. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, uh, my name is Kaha Long. I'm a research fellow here at ODI. Um, it's my pleasure to welcome you all here today. Um, it's good to see people, um, some familiar faces that we haven't seen for a long time. And we're also really excited about some of the new faces that are here, um, as well as online. Um, it's especially nice to see the team from um, the Development Policy and Finance team from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Um, they've been great supporters of this work. Um, it's also nice to have um, colleagues from the IMF uh, here with us uh, and um, the EGO Foundation online who've been great collaborators um, with us uh, along the way. Um, so this opening presentation is going to give a flavor of what this day is uh, supposed to be all about. Um, so let me start by addressing um, the elephant in the room. Why did we name uh, the event, How Can Digital Improve Public Spending? I think for some people that probably reads a little bit strange. Why didn't we say, how can digitalization improve public spending or digital transformation or digital solutions? Or even how can IT uh, improve public spending? Um, so it's not that we don't think these um, are, are important questions. Um, it's uh, it, it's that answering them um, is uh, uh, sorry, and answering them is necessary if we're going to have a digital revolution in public finance. But to answer them, we think we need to be thinking more holistically about what it means for public finance to be digital. Um, so in preparing for this event, uh, we published two uh, working papers um, trying to lay out what we think it means for public finance to be digital and, and uh, for the discipline of, of public financial management uh, uh, to be digital. Um, and this is the definition of digital um, that we've been using um, within these papers um, uh, and within our, our work. Um, so it's a, a much more holistic de definition than simply using technology, um, but it also in involves um, process, business models, culture um, that are constantly being updated to meet people's expectations of the internet era. Um, for public finance to be digital, we think three big shifts um, are necessary. Um, this is uh, what we're talking about mostly in these papers and hopefully what we'll be trying to get across in the various sessions um, today. Um, so the first shift we think is necessary is we need to stop thinking about PFM reforms and, and digital transformation as simply ends in themselves, um, but rather as a means to an end. The second big shift we need to uh, see is a shift from a uh, a technology architecture for PFM that's currently very closed and siloed uh, to one that is much more open and which PFM is part of a wider ecosystem of, of data and, and services that goes beyond simply narrow PFM and, and covers uh, government more widely. Um, and the third shift that we think is necessary to realize uh, this more open architecture is a shift from a solution uh, driven approach to a much more problem-driven and iterative approach uh, to funding and delivering um, uh, digital infrastructure for PFM. Um, so to talk us through a little, um, uh, a little in a little bit more detail these uh, shifts, I'm delighted to have my co-authors, 
Marco Cangiano, James Stewart and Emily Middleton here today. Um, both James and Emily are partners at Public Digital who have been our primary collaborators um, on this work over the last year. Um, and we're delighted that this partnership will continue. Um, and we're also delighted to welcome Nick Gates to the team. Nick is here. Um, and uh, we, we're very excited about uh, the launch of a new initiative called the Digital Public Finance Hub, uh, which Nick will talk a little bit more about um, towards the end of the day. Um, but first, um, we're going to hear from uh, our senior research associate, Marco, here at ODI, um, who is uh, going to talk more about uh, clarifying uh, what we mean by um, separating uh, means from ends. Morning, everybody. Real pleasure to be back here in this very room. Sadly, almost three years ago, lost of borders under the bridge. So, um, so get to business now. This has been a long sort of paper, kind of challenging, much more than, than expected. The idea was also to bridge two fairly dishomogeneous communities, the public finance, public financial management community, and all the, to me, still the kind of magic world of the IT and digital, etc. And the idea was really exactly to clarify a little bit the terminology, which I found quite a bit of confusion. I'm still confused to some extent. So that's the idea. The second point is we spoke about digital transformation, digital revolution, and public finance, public financial management. But gives the impression that public financial management, public finance, is kind of a steady, solid rock is not. It's quite fluid in terms of its definition the meaning and objectives. So the idea is to have these two sort of dynamics to bring them together, to give exactly what, what uh, Cal sort of uh, alluded to, this idea of the digital transformation. Um, for friends from ODI, what I'm gonna say now in the next minute, it's probably familiar ground, but still let me repeat what public finance is about. Public finance is about setting policy objectives and goals for society. So it's about the what, we want to achieve. Public financial manager, or PFM as we call it, is more how we achieve that. Unfortunately, and we may be responsible for all that, there's been a little bit of confusion. And now we ended up using PFM for public finance. So that what happened, countries have embarked in fairly ambitious reforms on the PFM front, try to address what I call the what, the policy objective. If you allow me to be technical for a second, introducing a medium-term expenditure framework doesn't give you by itself fiscal discipline or macroeconomic stability. It's just a tool, a process, a set of procedures. So that, again, goes back to what KL just said, is, is a means to an end, and we should really keep these things separate. Now, moving forward, bridging into the digital, Digital, again, is, is, is the way I see it is, again, is another means to an end within PFM. If you approach that in this way, it can clearly open up space for PFM to be more efficient from a most trivial thing that we've all experienced, just we process payments faster. We can use <clears throat> e-signature or platform of that sort. But the idea is, is exactly to cross from this sort of kind of achievement to open up a space within which public finance can also redefine itself 
and set objective of goals that so far have been sort of been somewhat neglected and we move into sort of issues that have to do with climate change and gender and inclusion and so on and so forth. So as a result of all these, what we've seen, as I said, countries introducing reforms that have been driven by so-called best practices, but also increasingly by IT solutions. As Matt Andrews used to say, these are actually solutions in search for a, of a problem rather than, than defining problem itself. So again, the idea is to keep these things separately, understand what is a means to an end and what is an end by itself. So now if we don't sort of agree and create some common ground, common terminology, the risk again is creating confusion and, and instead of providing opportunity space, the risk, as I said, is missing this opportunity. So again, the idea is to conclude, <clears throat> we need to get these definitions right. We need to clear these distinctions. Otherwise, again, what we call the digital transformation uh, is, is that it would be another missed opportunity. And we've seen quite a few in the last few years. Thanks everybody. James. Okay. So um, I'm one of the people who here, perhaps from a, a slightly different um, background. Um, my background is as a, a technologist um, and a sort of digital delivery person. Um, but I've, I've been on a journey through thinking about how do we effectively fund digital initiatives through to um, realizing that actually there's some much more fundamental opportunities to think about how do we um, work on, on public finance more generally, um, drawing on, on lessons that have emerged from the kind of digital revolution that we've been through. Um, so I'm going to talk about this shift in the approach to technology. I know there's at least one other person in the room who remembers the internet as it was on the left um, of this slide. Um, but over the last few decades, the internet has kind of permeated our society. And we've been on a, a journey of learning to provide services at massive scale um, from a sort of technologist's point of view and to do so in, in a wide variety of innovative ways. And as individuals, as citizens, as organizations, we've become far more familiar with, with using um, rapidly developing technology uh, in every aspect of our lives. Uh, and that creates a new opportunity for us to think about how do we harness um, what we've learned. Along with that, um, the technology world has, has changed and, and developed quite rapidly. We've introduced cloud services that make it much easier to kind of pick up basic infrastructure for technology very, very rapidly without the big upfront capital investments that we've had to have and open source tools that let us build on what communities have developed, um, which fundamentally changes the way that software is, is built and um, run. And if you think about how we tend to use the internet, um, you often have multiple ways to use a service. Uh, so interacting differently on a computer versus a mobile device. Um, but we trust that the data underlying that is kept consistent. And that's enabled by a set of open standards that have evolved through communities and a lot of effort. Um, but those open standards let us move from a kind of one size fits all solution to any problem to thinking about a range of tools that are designed around the needs of different users and the contexts in which they're operating. Um, so for example, rather than just having one module, um, which we might use to, to solve a problem in every situation, we can think about 
um, perhaps slightly different tools designed around different business processes, say in, in line ministries or different parts of an organization. Um, it takes us away from the needs to kind of have a, a sharp distinction between what do we do once and centralized and what do we do in a, a federated way and gives us a lot more options. Um, so this picture is the CEO of a bank in Peru um, drawing out the core architecture um, that underpins the kind of technology of his bank. And he was doing that to understand what things might he build on top of that that would meet the needs of different banking customers, including the unbanked because he knew that if he had that fundamental architecture right, he could deliver a wide variety of services to a wide variety of users, rather than just that one size fits all answer. And as we start to, to think about breaking out of that one size fits all approach, um, as we start thinking about how we can, we can change our architectural uh, approach to things, we start thinking a lot more about data and, um, Paul sitting in the back um, did a lot of work in the UK government. Um, others have been doing similar work ar around the world, thinking about how we can move away from all of our data being locked in large monolithic systems provided by vendors and only easily used for the intended use case at the point at which some software was commissioned to trustworthy registers of specific data sets, um, which can be um, you can focus on the specific quality of them and you can repurpose them for different use cases as we go, um, meaning that we can do a lot more to introduce new types of analysis, uh, new types of, of data flows and, and bring more people into a conversation about whether we're using that data and the, you know, understanding the financial reality that it often represents well. So we've, we've gone from rapid growth of the internet growing sort of consumer understanding of it and skills to develop with it. We've got new tools and new architectures that we can bring to bear to create much more open systems and a lot more options for how we meet people's context. And that lets us think very differently about how we design and support services and how we uh, move into this thinking much more about the ends rather than the technology means that we were in. In order to do that, we also need new delivery approaches and new ways of working, which Emily's going to talk about now. Thanks, James. I'm delighted to be here. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about that third shift that we need to see um, in delivery and funding models. Um, and many digital initiatives, as we've, many of us would have experienced, like introducing new accounting or payroll systems, still tend to follow a really linear model that looks something like this, a waterfall approach. Um, and typically a business case is written and approved up front, um, then passed to another team to write really detailed technical requirements, followed by often a very long procurement process, and then a period of development um, by a vendor or customization of, of an off-the-shelf. Um, product based on those initial specifications, but that by this point might have been written several years ago. Um, typically, when circumstances change, it can be quite costly and cumbersome to adapt. Um, and all this is done sequentially, and it takes a really long time. Um, and a World Bank study found that on average, the introduction of a financial management information system takes eight years. And indeed, in many cases, it takes much, much longer. Um, and it's an obvious point, but in eight years, an awful lot can change um, in terms of technology, in terms of society and how people behave and, and, and indeed government policy. 
And so the resulting IT system at the end may or may not actually meet um, those, uh, th those user needs um, uh, that, that, that were, it was designed to at the beginning. So by contrast, an agile approaches emphasize the importance of really mm. defining outcomes up front and investing in an initial period of really understanding the needs and incentives of different user groups and the constraints and the co context that they're operating in. There's a real focus on regular, um, on regular feedback loops and on prototyping early to test the riskiest assumptions, whether those are assumptions about technology and about how systems integrate or about how people will use a system and how they'll behave. Um, agile approaches make it much easier to identify problems early, but also to adapt to changing circumstances. They really involved a shift in mindset and in culture. And over the last 10 years in particular, there's been a really growing movement actually across all sectors, but also across governments around the world um, to move uh, to, from waterfall to more agile approaches in delivering uh, digital initiatives. Uh, and indeed in the 2020 Standish reports found that on average um, uh, digital initiatives that adopt agile approaches rather than waterfall ones are two to three times more likely to succeed. But we think, um, and uh, we discuss in the papers that Kahal mentioned, that finance ministries have been slower than other parts of government to embrace these newer delivery approaches. And we think that one of the impediments to that is that the funding and governance models that finance ministries and their development partners tend to use hasn't, haven't sufficiently adapted to really support um, agile delivery. They still assume that kind of quite linear waterfall process that I outlined earlier. And we typically see funding still going to define technology projects or solutions rather than to say a multidisciplinary digital team that's empowered to iterate towards set outcomes and use whatever tools or approaches um, best suit those needs. So in summary, we really need to see a shift from funding IT projects to funding digital teams and outcomes. And this sort of third shift um, uh, is of, of the three that we've kind of talked about today is one of the main issues that we really hope to pick up in that final panel session of today, um, which will include experts both in digital government as well as in public finance. Um, so with that, I'm delighted to hand over to Mark to introduce the first panel.